to realize the power and the effect of Scripture being shared. One of the things that uh, the Bible tells us, and you guys know it, it says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everybody say, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if, if, if I'm going to be in a position to where I can help someone who's going through or if I'm going through myself, then I have to get to a position to where I learn how to apply the word of God to that particular situation or problem or issue that I'm facing. Now, I don't want to just apply any word, but I want to apply word that deals with the situation that I'm going through. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I need healing, I don't need to be quoting scripture on, on finances. Now, scriptures on finances are good, but I need a healing touch. I need faith for healing. Can I get a witness? Uh, or if I, if I have a financial issue and need to be able to trust God in that area, I need scriptures on finances and not on how to rear my child right. Are you, are you with me? Because the word faith cometh by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I need a word that corresponds to the situation or the problem that I'm dealing with. Because that word, when I hear it over and over again in my ear gate and gets down to my heart, that word produces the faith that I need to overcome the problem that I'm facing. And the sad reality is, the sad commentary is that in the church, we have failed to realize that, that that's what's missing in our life. And we've, we've taken this model of faithfulness to God to, to just mean I'm faithful in coming to church on Sunday. I'm here on Wednesday and I, I get a priest message. But the overwhelming majority of saints, aren't, they say, but they're not spending time hearing, 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 hearing. Faith comes by not having heard, Tony, but, but by hearing, which means hearing is, is, is present, is, is consistent, it's not having heard. Everybody say faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now I share with you, I, I want to look at, I want you to write these scriptures down because when you're, when you're ministering to someone and when you're trying to show that you really care, we said the seventh component is part seven of our message. We, we gave it on Sunday. On, on Wednesday, we, we kind of digging a little deeper and discussing some things as it relates to that. But we talked about the fact that it's important that we share scripture with people. Okay? Because after all, scripture, the word of God brings the faith, not my intellect, not my wisdom. And again, there, there's some practical things that we share with people, but we don't want to ever miss an opportunity to impart word into people's lives, especially when they're at that period where they're most apt to hear us. When people are going through, when people need help, they're more apt to hear what you got to say than if everything is going well. Would y'all agree? I mean, there, there are people who, who, who won't give you the time of day until they need something from you or need a blessing. All right? So, Let's, let's write these down, and then what I want to do is I want to go and talk a little bit about, you know, what that word does. It produces faith, okay? 
and what that means. We'll talk about strong faith and great faith and, and having our senses exercised, amen, so that we can be in a position where God can use us to do supernatural exploits here in earth. Guys, when you look in the scripture, when you see how God supernaturally used men and men and women in the Bible, those men and women are no different than you and I. One scripture said that they have like passion. Elisha and Elijah and all those guys, they were just like we are. And so we got to get out of that mindset, well, that was in the Bible day. They had something special that we don't have available to us. The same Holy Spirit that worked and moved then is working and moving now. The problem is that the same faith sometimes is not exhibited by us in the church today because in America we've gotten got soft. We've, we've kind of, you know, uh, eased along and God has sent it's time for the church, especially it's time for EBC to show that we really care and that's going to be shown through our stepping out by faith. Jesus had needed the word in order to, to, uh, to, to overcome the enemy and we need the very same word, okay? So go, go with me. So let me, let me give you some scriptures right quick that you need to write down and keep these. You know, I'm going to give them to you, but you write them down and go type them up if you need to. Make them, put them neat somewhere where you can have these so that whenever you're sharing with people, you want to try to encourage them. Because when you go with, to somebody, Lou, when they're going through something, you want to bring an encouraging word. Am I right about it? You're going to encourage them not to condemn them to hell. All right? So you want to encourage them. So write these down. The uh, first one is Psalms 121, verses 1 through 2. Psalms 121, verses 1 through 2. Psalms 121, verses 1 through 2. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. Verse 2 says what? My help cometh where? From the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now, how many of y'all have heard that passage before? So that, that passage has, uh, uh, has been utilized. A lot of times, it, it, it'll, pe- preachers will use it during sermon, uh, not sermon, but during funeral time. But let's go back to verse 1. Look, look what it says again in verse 1. It says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. Now, where does help come from? It says what? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Okay, so if, I, if, I, if I'm ministering to somebody, that's a good encouraging verse of scripture to go to because the help is coming from the Lord. My help coming from the Lord, which made the heavens and earth. Write down Isaiah 41 and 10. Let's go to Isaiah 41 and 10. Glory to God. Are y'all still with me? Isaiah 41 and 10. Let's, let's read. It says what? Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Now, if, if somebody is, is feeling long, alone, feeling left out, feeling like maybe God is, is not there for them or their family is not there for them, then when I come in and you come in and say, fear not, God said this, God says, I am with you. God says, do not be dismayed, for I am thy God. Look at what God promises. I will what? Strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with my right hand of my righteousness. See, when that person is going through, they need an uplifting and encouraging word like that. They don't need, you know, some, some downtrodden phrase, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, everybody go through something, baby. 
They don't need to hear that. They need to hear some scripture that's going to lift them up. Because we know we all go through some things, but that's not what they need at that point in time. Uh, uh, write down Zephaniah. I know y'all ain't never, just, you probably ain't never been to Zephaniah, have you? Zephaniah chapter 3, verse number 17. Zephaniah, there is a book in the Bible called Zephaniah, chapter 3, and verse number 17. 3 and 17 says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will sing over thee with singing. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. See, when I'm going through something, when I'm facing the challenge, I need to know with a confident assurance that I serve a mighty God who cares about what I'm going through. And so now, when you and I are ministering to somebody who's, who has a situation that they're going through, we need to bring word that, 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 that gives them confidence that, yes, God is there for me. He's a mighty God. Are y'all with me? All right, let's, let's move to the next one. All right, let's go to Matthew, the 11th chapter, verse 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30, right quick. This word is to encourage people. Because we want to encourage them with the scripture, correct? Text says, come unto me, y'all heard this one, all you that labor and are what? Heavy laden, and I will do what? I will give you rest. Says what? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Y'all got that? You shall find rest for your souls. Verse number 30 says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is what? My yoke is what? Easy and my burden is light. The, the New Living Translation says in verse number 25, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you. When it says learn of me, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So when we take God's yoke upon him and learn of him, then that burden becomes light. Okay, let's go to another one. Mark 10 chapter, verse number 27. Mark 10 and 27. Mark 10 and verse number 27. When you're facing something, when you're in the midst of a trial, uh, or when you're sharing or trying to comfort or trying to show someone who's going through something that you really care, Scripture encourages. All right? Text says what? Let's read it. And Jesus, looking upon them, said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, what? All things are what? Possible. If somebody is facing something, somebody has a negative report, they need to know that with God, all things are possible. Because I can tell you, when you go into them, and, and, and they, if they don't have any word, they're going to be in a, in, a, in, a, in a bad predicament. And so it's up to us to kind of share word with them to try to help build their faith so they can, they can trust God to be able to overcome that situation. Let me give you another one. Um, Mark the 11th chapter, verse number 24. Mark 11, verse number 24. Start, start, start in 22. Let's start at 22. This is one that we go to all the time. And Jesus answered and said unto them, have faith in God. That's what he says, Right? For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, 
and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. Verse 24 says what? Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's a promise that Jesus gave to those who were following him. He says, you got you to gotta say unto this mountain, you got to speak faith-filled words. All right? Let me give you another one. Uh, John 14 and 27. These are scriptures that you can use to encourage people when they are going through. These are scriptures that you can use to show that you really care because you're pointing them to the God who cares about their every need. John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world give it, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's what Jesus says. Look at it again. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Now again, that peace that he gives is different than, than, than world peace. It's different than uh, your peace with your fellow man. It's, it's, it's a peace that, that surpasses all understanding. That peace that has you settle when everybody around you saying you ought to be losing your mind. That peace that allows you to be comfortable and, and, and at ease when others are pulling their hair out. That's the kind of peace I want. Do, you remember that? You know, we, we talk about that, that song, one, one verse of that song of this joy that I have. It said this peace that I have, the world didn't give it to me, the world can't take, can't take it away. So if God gives me a peace, I don't care what's happening around me, I can be at ease. When others are worried. That's the kind of life I want to live, guys. All right? Let's look at Romans 15, uh, verse number 13. Romans 15, verse number 13. Glory to God. Text says this Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and what? Peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of what? The Holy Ghost. That you may abound in hope. So if I'm abounding, in hope, that means that, that from a biblical perspective, the, the word hope means a confident assurance of something that's going to happen in the future. It says that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So when I am abounding in hope, then when I look at my future, I get excited because I know that God is going to take care of me. I'm abounding in that hope. I got a confident assurance that what God promised, he's able to deliver on, okay? So let's look at one more, Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse four through seven. Y'all know this one? We quote it all the time. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses four through seven. Philippians four, verses four through seven. Glory to God. Text says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, guys, are there times in your life where you don't feel like rejoicing? Have you ever been through some stuff that, that, that you say, well, your brother pastor, you're, I'm out to pass on this one. I can't rejoice today. You don't know what kind of day I had. I dealt with some fools at work. I dealt with some fools at home. I deal with fools all the time. And I, this, this is one day that I just, the text says what? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say what? Look at the next verse. Verse five says what? Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. The NLT reads this way. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. 
Now, verse 6, verse 6, it says what? Watch this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Look at verse 7. Watch this. Then you will experience what? That's that peace I was talking about earlier. You'll experience what? When will you experience God's peace? Back up to the previous verse. When you're going through scripture, you got you to dissect, you got to go back and ask questions of the text. When will I experience God's peace? When I don't worry about anything and I pray about everything. When I tell God what I need and I thank him for all he's done. Verse 7. Then, after I prayed about everything and ain't worried about nothing, and when I thank him for everything he's, he's already done, then I'll experience God's peace. What kind of peace is that? That peace that surpasses all understanding. It exceeds everything we can understand. It, his peace will do what? It will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That peace will have you living in such a state that you ain't worried about anything. That's the kind of peace I want, guys. But that doesn't come without word time, without somebody sharing some word with me. Third John 1 and 2, last one. Scriptures to encourage people. Third John 1 and 2. Dear friend, I hope, is it, um, Third John, first chapter, verse number two, verse two, one, one and two. Says, Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are as healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Let's go to the King James Version on that, Third John 1 and 2. I like the way that reads that way, okay? Third John 1 and 2 from the KJV says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as what? Even as thy soul prospers. So, so our responsibility as Christians is when we are sharing with people who, who need a caring touch, not only should we just talk to them about the issues of the day, not only should we just, you know, see if they got something to eat and, you know, if they need uh, a little financial help and all that, that's great. But when we are ministering to people, when we are showing that we care, we have to share scripture with them because that's where our deliverance comes, in the word of God. The word of God has the ability and the power to transform a person from the inside out. Okay? All right. So, so, so again, let's, let, let's remember these. These are scriptures to encourage people. So, let's look at, go to Romans, the fourth chapter. When we're right here. Romans 4, verse number 20. The three things I want to just kind of hone on in for the rest of our time here. Okay? All right, so let's, let's, first of all, again, the word of God produces the faith. Faith coming by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. So uh, let's look at a situation where there's strong faith. Just write down strong faith. And that means being fully persuaded. When you got strong faith, that means you are, you are fully persuaded. Strong faith. Let's talk about strong faith real quickly. Because the word can produce that in us. And when people have strong faith, they're able to accomplish anything. They're able to overcome anything. Romans, the fourth chapter, verse number 20. Now watch this text and this, look at what it says here. Can we read together? It says what? Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. He brought glory to God how? In growing stronger in his faith. 
Look at what the text says again. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. What does it mean to waver? Be kind of be wishy-washy. Well, I kind of believe God. Yeah, I believe. I, I think he may do it. Well, you know, I, I, I had confidence yesterday, but today I ain't feeling so confident about that. That's wavering. That's back and forth. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And the Bible says, let not that man think that he'll receive anything of the Lord. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, the text says his faith grew stronger. And in this, in his faith growing stronger, he brought glory to God. Child of God, I want to tell you, God wants you and I to bring glory to his name by strengthening our faith walk to the point to where we are able to believe him to do supernatural things in our life. We're able to believe him to accomplish the things that may seem impossible to those who are around us. And when we are able to do that, when, 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 when a situation comes up and it gets solved and it gets resolved, and that person said, could nobody but God have done that thing and God used you to get it done, then God's going to get the glory out of it. So he wants to use us to bring glory to his name. So in, it says, in fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. All right? So look at verse 21. Verse 21, we'll get that. It says, he was talking about, who are we talking about here? Look at what the text says about Abraham. He was what? Fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Abraham was fully convinced, the KJV said he was fully persuaded that God was able to do whatever he promised. Now verse 21 of this fourth chapter of Romans gives us the definition of strong faith. Strong faith is being fully persuaded that what God has promised, he's also able to perform it. You gotta be fully persuaded that what God has promised He's fully able to perform it. That's what strong faith is, being fully persuaded. That means that nobody, no situation, no matter how it looks, nothing will change your mind concerning the promise that God made to you. That's strong faith. Fully persuaded. Now, come on, guys. Y'all know the background of the text, right? Abraham, y'all know he was, he was up in age, right? And Sarah, his wife, was past the childbearing age. She ceased to, the Bible says she ceased to, you know, have the way of a woman. No, she, she, she stopped menstruating. She, she stopped, you know, that process where you have to go through to be able to still have children. She, she had been long since past that. But God gave a promise. God gave a promise that in the natural seemed to be impossible. I'm here to tell you, child of God, that our Lord is looking for people in the earth realm whom he can show himself strong towards. He's looking for somebody who's, who, who will believe what his word says. He's looking for somebody who believe in the impossibilities in life. The question is, are you a candidate to believe God for the impossibilities in life? Are you there? Are you willing to be a candidate who's fully persuaded that what God has promised, he's also able to perform? Strong faith, being fully persuaded. Now, if the truth be told, come on out. If we're honest, there are times when we're not operating in strong faith. 
There are times when our faith can get weak, right? That's why it says faith comes by hearing, 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 hearing by what? The word of God. It has to be consistently heard and digested because there'll be something that'll pop up in your life. Like we've been talking about, you can be rolling along, rocking and rolling along, and all of a sudden, suddenly, out of nowhere, something unexpectedly disrupts your life. Have y'all ever had a disruption before? I mean, something totally unexpected disrupts your life. And at that point in time, you got to still know that God is able to do exceeding, abundant above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Okay? We got to believe that. So Abraham learned that not only is God able to perform his promises, he's willing to perform it. Again, some of us will recognize that God is able to heal, deliver, and provide, but have missed the fact that he's willing to do it for us. He's willing to do it for you also. We see him working in other people's lives, but do you really believe that God can do those things in your life? Okay? God, we, we always talk about he's able, but the question is, do you believe he's willing? I can say, don't you know God is able? But I got to know he's willing to do it too. I know he's able because he did it before. If he did it before, he can do it again. Right? I know he's able, but is he willing to do it in my life in the situation that I am dealing with? That's what all of us got to come to the, the realization. Hey, God, I know you're able, but I also know and I believe that you're willing to work, on, work in my life also. So when we're going to people and showing that we care and trying to encourage them, we got to know with a confident assurance that God is able and he's willing to work in their life. And they better convince them of that by sharing scripture with them. Abraham discovered the combination for strong faith, which is recognizing both God's ability and willingness to bring his promise to pass. Okay? That's what's necessary for strong faith. You got to know that he's able but you also got to know that he's willing to do it in your life. It's one thing to know he's able, but if, you, if I don't think he's willing to do it because of me, and guys, let me, let me, let me give you a, 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 a red alert. God don't do stuff in your life because of how good you are. Hello? And, and, and I don't know about you, can I just talk, talk to me? I, there was a point in time in my faith walk where I, I, I thought that God coming through for me was based on how good I was. Any of y'all ever been there before? Well, you, in, in your own way of thinking, you say, well, this ain't come through for me because I, you know, I, 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 you know, I didn't study like I should have. Or, you know, I cussed last week. <laughs> or, you know, I did something I should have done, you know. I cheated on the test, so that's why God didn't come through. Listen, God's promises, listen, we ought to live right, but God's promises are not predicated on how good we are. If that was the case, we never would get what God has for us. Because none of us are good enough. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. So I, I, I thank God, Tony, that he don't bless me based on my goodness, because I ain't that good. If you think you're that good, you deceived already yourself. Can I get a witness? Y'all with me? So God is a merciful God. He honors and he rewards those who walk in faith and believe him. So the first thing we got to begin to do in the poor and the lives of people to get them to understand that strong faith means that you got to be fully persuaded that what God promised, he's able and he's willing to do. So when you're going through and I'm talking to you, I need to share with you word 
to the fact that God is able and he's willing to do this for you. That's strong faith, being fully persuaded. What about great faith? Go to Matthew, the 8th chapter. Matthew, chapter 8, start at verse number 5. Matthew, chapter 8, start at verse number 5. Matthew, chapter 8, glory to God, verse number 5. Y'all still with me? All right, now, again, we talked about on Sunday, sharing scripture. And we got to, guys, I don't, I don't know any, I, I know, I know, I know some of y'all are sitting there you know, hearing me, but you're not really hearing me. Because, that, you know, if, if we don't, if we don't I mean, I'm, not te- I'm not saying you got to spend five hours a day, but you got to start somewhere where you are getting the word of God before your face and meditate on that scripture um, and hearing what God is saying to you because that word, when you meditate upon it and, and hide it in your heart, it helps you to live right, first of all. But it also begins to produce the platform for you to stand on, which is faith. Okay, faith comes by hearing him by the word of God. So we got to get to that point. Okay, so Matthew the eighth chapter, verse number five. Look at this right quick. Let's read. It says, "When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain.' Jesus said, "I will come and heal him." Now watch this, guys. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. How many of y'all know God can just speak a word? Hello. You ain't got to come to the altar. Just speak a word. Heal you right there where you are. Regulate your mind right there where you are. You've been, you've been thinking crazy for five weeks now. In, in, in the word of God, the Holy Spirit will just regulate your mind right there. The text says, again, it says, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come to my home. Just say the word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. I only, I only need to say go, and they go, or come, and they come. And if I say to my slaves, do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, now, to me, when I first read this, and when I, I read this down through the years, first I'm like, what's the big deal here, okay? But what we're going to realize is that, that, that this, this man is actually exhibiting great faith. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He was, he was startled. He says, turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. And I tell you this, that many Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. But many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared, will be thrown into outer darkness. That should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Well, what? Okay, Brother Pastor, we're talking about great faith here. He said, I, I'm amazed. I ain't seen such great faith in all of Israel. Well, the Jews thought that they had an automatic end with God because they were born, naturally born Jews. You know, some people think because they're born to a certain family, a certain race, that they're superior than you. But listen, listen, God, these Jews thought that they had an a, a automatic end with God because they were naturally born Jews. But what they didn't realize, that physical birth means nothing to the Lord. See, that, that's, what, that's why I, I, you know, these, 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 this new, you know, like I said, a lot of this, uh, black identity faith stuff, the black Hebrew Israelite faith stuff is so off course because when you put trust in your ethnicity, 
you cease to put trust in your God. The Jews were putting trust in their ethnicity. And God says, it, it's not how you were born the first time. God says, I want to know if you're born again. Can I get a witness? Jesus told Nicodemus, you marvel not that I say unto you, you must be what? Born again. God is concerned about not your first birth, but your second birth. And your second birth ain't tied to how you look on the outside. It ain't tied to where you're from. Don't care if you were born in the quarters. Don't, don't care if you were born uh, in Spring Lake or Spring Hill. <laughs> don't care if you, if, if, if you live in uh, um, uh, uh, Stone Bridge, Autumn Creek. Are you in Autumn Creek? Where are you? Doesn't matter where you're born. No matter where you stay, God is not concerned about that. He wants to know, have you had a second birth? Have you experienced the saving power of Jesus Christ, which is able to transform your life? So don't get so hung up on how you look on the outside. Be proud of who you are. Come on. Be proud of the fact that God made you the way you are. But don't trip on that. Because your blackness ain't going to get you nowhere. Just like your whiteness ain't going to get you nowhere when it comes to God. God is not a respecter of color. He's a respecter of faith. And I'm going to tell you something. We who are of, 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 of African-American descent got to get to the point to where we realize that it's not about what somebody else is trying to keep us from doing as much as it is what we keep ourselves from doing. Because if, if I keep hearing that negative talk about what I can't do because somebody don't want me to do, what I've just done is, is said, God, you a lie. Your word is true, but, but we're dealing with these white folks. That's how we talk. I don't talk that way, but, but that's how people talk. Because again, I told you, I, I've seen how God will make a way. I know he's faithful. I know it doesn't matter, amen, what I look like on the outside if I got faith in God. If I got great faith in his word, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask things. Again, let, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Even given the political environment now, I'm not, I'm not preaching politics, but, but if I go back 25 years, none of y'all in your right mind at that time, or what, the way we were thinking, thought you'd ever have an African-American president. If I had polled all of y'all, you'd say, it ain't going to happen in America. Didn't you say it? Come on, tell, confess. You said it. But it happened. Can I get a witness? And what I'm trying to say is, if Barack Obama had to sit back and listen to some of us, he never would have ran. Because you would have talked him out of it. Yeah, Barack, I don't know why you're going to be wasting all that money and food. Them, them people ain't going to vote for you. Guys, we have to get beyond looking at life through our own little prism that's been developed over our years of experience. God is looking for a people who will take him at his word. He's looking for people who will just say, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care who hadn't done it before. Listen, I know and I believe that God is able to do exceeding abundant above all I can ask think. And when he finds that kind of man or woman, man, God will move on his or her behalf. Can I get a witness? So these Jews thought they, they thought they had an automatic end with God because they were naturally born Jews. They didn't realize physical birth don't mean anything to God.
What's most important to him is a new birth. Don't forget that. The centurion expressed faith, and that is what Jesus had been looking for. The centurion, who was a Gentile, not a Jew, the centurion, Roman officer, expressed faith. The story of the centurion is told twice in the Bible, and the two accounts seem, I say seem, to contradict one another. One account says the centurion came to Jesus. The other says the centurion sent his friends, the elders of the Jews, over in Luke 7. But the centurion never left his house, guys. In that day in which this text was written, when one man sent another out in his name, it was just as if that man had actually went himself. The centurion sent representatives in his name. Just like us, when we have ambassadors who in other countries, those ambassadors represent us. They have the authority to speak on behalf of the president. They have the authority to speak on behalf of whoever, the Secretary of State. And so we got to realize that, that we, uh, when we look at this text here, the, 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 those guys went to Jesus and, and all they said was speak a word. Jesus acknowledged the centurion for his great faith. Just as Abraham was fully persuaded that he would have a son, this man was fully persuaded that Jesus would heal his servant. Great faith. Great faith. I want to know, what kind of faith are you operating in? What, have, you, have you diminished your faith walk to the point to where you can't believe God uh, for no more than $5? Uh, what I'm saying, what, what if there's a need right now for $1,000? Can you believe God for it? What if there's a need right now in your life for, for, for $45,000, $50,000? Can you believe him for it? Brother Pastor, I, mean, I, 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 can see, I can see 100, but I, wait a minute, it's, it ain't about what you see. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, it's the evidence of things that are what? Not seen. So, so strong faith, Abraham had it, he was fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. Great faith, we see here, the centurion. Now, uh, lastly, I want to look at one last component I want to talk about having your senses exercised. Go to Galatians 3, chapter verse 1 through 5. Galatians 3, verse 1 through 5. Because when we get to this text right here, we're going to see Galatians 3, 1 through 5. The Galatian saints had, had gotten sidetracked, and, and, and Paul reminded them that no matter how many years they had been born again, regardless of the amount of word that they had learned, the principles of faith were still the same as the faith that caused them to be born again in the first place, okay? You know, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. Watch what the text says here. Galatians uh, chapter number three, verse one through five. Y'all still with me? All right. So, what, what, Pastor, why, why are you harping on this? Because we're talking about sharing scripture, and we have to realize that scripture has the ability to produce the faith that we need to please God. Hebrews 11, 6 says, for without faith, but without faith, it's what? Impossible to please God. He's the, he that comes to God has to believe that God is, and that God is what? A rewarder of those who do what? God rewards people, saints, who diligently seek him. You got to believe that. Now, you diligently seek somebody, that means that you, you, you're going hard after them. 
I told you Sunday, you, I was feeding after my Mary. So you got to, you got to, you got to go hard after God. You got to trust Him. You got to, you got to pursue Him with all your heart, mind, and soul. Okay, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Read this. Read. Oh, foolish Galatians, who is casting evil spell on you? Y'all don't have people that are part of your family or your church family look like a spell been cast on. Have your children ever acted in such a way you think, did somebody put voodoo on them or something? <laughs> Making just crazy decisions. Decisions that, that doesn't line up with what they've been taught, what you taught them, what, how you brought them up. I mean, people do this stuff. And Paul says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death where? On the cross. Watch this. Watch this. He says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? Watch this. After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? And that's, what, that's the mistake that we can make as believers if we're not careful. We can begin to, to, to uh, uh, look for you know, certain things that we do to keep us in right standing with God and not realizing that our righteousness is not based on how good we are. We ought to live holy. We ought to live right. But our living is not what makes us right with God. It's what Jesus Christ did for us out on Calvary that puts us in right standing with God. Amen? Now watch this. Look, look at this. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Look at what it says. Verse 5. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It's because you believe, right? right? It's because what? You believe the message you heard about Christ. Look at verse 6 and 7 for good measure. Read. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous. Why? Because of his faith. Okay? The real children of Abraham, Abraham then, are those who put their faith in God. The real children of Abraham are not those who are just naturally born Jewish. It's those who put their faith in God. All right? So, let's go back and we wrap this up. All right, so when we are sharing with people who are going through, it's important for us to share scripture with them. Uh, and, and, and I gave you some things on Sunday, some things to be on, you know, to watch out for and, and, to, and to use as you seek to do so. But it's important that we realize that the word and scripture will bring deliverance in people's life. It's able to encourage them and to lift them up. That's why it's so important for us to have um, some time in the word and have some scripture that we can utilize and take with us. If you have to write them down, if you have to put them in your phone or whatever, take them with you so you can read them. You know, don't be, don't be in there searching through, you know, I know that, I know that, this is here somewhere, y'all. Just, just, you know, uh, give, 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 give me a little time. I get to it. No, write it down. Be organized. 
If you're going to pray for somebody who's sick, have scripture already lined out to deal with sickness. If you're dealing with somebody who's got financial problems, have scripture to deal with financial issues. If you have uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody who's, who's, who's battling with forgiving people or, or walking in unforgiveness, go to the scripture to deal with unforgiveness. And have those ready when you can encourage them through the word of God. That's what we got to do. We got to be strategic as we go to share people, share people and to, and, to, and, to, and to exude the care that God has for each one of them, okay? So I want to encourage you, get into the book. Seek you out of the book and read. Begin to search out the scripture. And, and there, there, there are plenty of tools that can help you. You know, my God, guys, we got so many uh, tools at, at our disposal now. It ain't no excuse for you not to be able to do some research. The only reason why you wouldn't do research and, and, and get, get comfortable in, in, in knowing what scripture says about a particular area is you're just lazy. I mean, it's, it's too, it, there's so many resources out there now electronically. Um, you know, you, you, you got bookstores you can go to. Uh, th there's all kinds of things that are, enable you to do your research quicker. You know, meditation time in the Word of God for understanding is good. And, and even when you get ready to do a, a, a lesson or you're teaching Sunday school, Research tools are out there to help you to understand the context, uh, the language of that day. They can help you to get understanding about what was it really saying. The problem is that too many Christians aren't spending the time, aren't putting the time in to, to understand God's word so you can properly share that with somebody who you're ministering to. So let's get to that point, guys, because we want to be a, a body of believers who are known for caring for people and sharing the word of God with them. Okay? Amen? Give the Lord a hand of praise. God bless you.